What is up guys? It is Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be going through my week 15 running back start sits, likely the start of the fantasy football playoffs for most of you guys. So good luck, you know, with your matchups this week. If you guys are new to the channel, the way I structure my start sit videos I go through every single matchup, so I'll be going through all 16 week 15 games. I basically talk about every single fantasy relevant player. In this video specifically, it will be the running backs, and I list them as either a start, sit, or a fringe option. So the general ways I'm looking at it are that starts are players you feel very confident with in your lineup. Typically, these are guys that are going to be viewed as running back ones or running back twos. I don't necessarily have a specific number threshold, but typically somewhere in that like 24 running back range. And then I'll have the fringe options, which are more like RB3s, flex plays. You don't love them in your lineup, you know, but they're not going to be killing your roster. And then obviously, you know, sits are guys that I would want on the bench. These videos are geared towards your typical 10, 12 team leagues. Obviously, if you're in like a 20 team league, your start sits are going to be a little bit different. And then uh, later in the week, I'm going to be putting out my specific running back rankings. So maybe you're looking at this video, you have a few players as a start, you don't know which one to go with, you can drop the question down below in the comment section because I will get back to everyone. But you guys can also wait for that video, the rankings video, which I'll be putting out this week. Also, just in general, I'm going to be going through my typical start sits, but I'm also going to be putting out ranking videos for every single position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. I'm even going to be doing kickers and defenses. I'm going to be doing this for uh, week 15, 16, and 17. So the fantasy playoffs and the fantasy championships. But uh, enough of me talking here. Let's jump into the first matchup. We have Thursday night football, a divisional game between the 49ers and the Seahawks. And if these running backs are healthy, I mean, this one's pretty clear. Obviously, we're firing up Christian McCaffrey as a clear-cut start. The, uh, I guess, you know, kind of up-in-the-air portion of this matchup would be the Seahawks. So we had Kenneth Walker miss the game on Sunday. It didn't seem like he was particularly close to playing, but he wasn't also ruled out very early on in the week. So I'm not totally going to rule out the uh, opportunity that he does play in this game. With Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas out, we basically saw Travis Homer like dominate the opportunities. I'm talking like 90 plus percent snap share, you know, pretty rare usage at the running back position. My issue here is that unless Travis Homer is back as the leading back without Walker and without DJ Dallas, like I think if we're in that situation, I think Homer's got to be at least a fringe option. It's just a really tough matchup against this uh, 49ers run defense and just a very tough defense in general. So I would say if Walker and DJ Dallas both miss, then I guess we can consider Travis Homer a decent option. But if DJ Dallas is back, I'd probably just be fading that RB room. If Kenneth Walker is back, even in a bad matchup, I'd feel very confident you know, playing him as a solid start. Now moving over to, I believe these games are on Saturday, the next three here, we have the Colts taking on the Vikings, and in my opinion, this is pretty clear cut. Obviously, we're starting Jonathan Taylor, and obviously, we are starting Delvin Cook. Then we have the Ravens taking on the Browns, and this Ravens backfield, I guess, starting to look up here because I guess we have uh, J.K. Dobbins back. He comes out 15 carries, 120 rushing yards, he gets into the end zone. He had a 46% snap share, so nothing crazy. He took like 50% of the early downs. He split the short yardage situations. He took the uh, one goal line snap this team saw. And then the third downs was like a four-man split. So you had Dobbins taking a few, Edwards, I think it was Kenyon Drake, and then Justice Hill. Like all those guys were in there for at least uh, two of the third down snaps. I'm sure all you guys have seen that video of J.K. Dobbins kind of like breaking away with that run. 
and you know a healthy or a fully healthy JK before that knee injury, I mean that dude has taken that to the house no problem, and he's running and he's moving fast. Like I think he broke 20 miles per hour, but I mean you could tell he was running with I guess you know a semi noticeable limp. So it doesn't seem like he's fully 100%, but I like the workload that he had. If we remember early on in the season, he was kind of struggling to separate himself in this backfield coming back from the ACL. So I think it's encouraging that he had such a large workload in his first game back, you know, obviously off of this uh, second knee surgery. So I do have him as a start here. This is a great matchup against the Browns run defense that has been really, really poor this season. So I like to see, you know, if J.K. Dobbins can build on that big game he had in week 14. If I'm starting J.K. Dobbins, I'm definitely going to be sitting Gus Edwards. And then for the Browns, we've seen Nick Chubb kind of cool off as of late, but we obviously have to keep going back to the well here and firing him up as a start. And then uh, sitting Kareem Hunt. Then we have an exciting game between the Dolphins and the Bills. And this Dolphins running back room is kind of up in the air right now. I mean, it's really been, you know, a disaster all season long. Started off with Chase Edmonds looking like the guy. Then we had Raheem Mostert kind of take over. Then we bring in Jeff Wilson. We've got a split. Then it's Jeff Wilson's backfield. Then they go back to Raheem Mostert. And now we have Jeff Wilson injured. It looks like Wilson is currently day-to-day. I'm just going to view this as if he is missing the uh, game this weekend. If he is out, I think Raheem Mostert is going to see a large workload and he will be a very strong start. If Jeff Wilson is back, I mean, it kind of was trending to being a pretty solid split on uh, what was that Sunday night football. I think if Wilson is back, both of these guys at best are like very low end fringe options. And I probably wouldn't be super interested in either option. On the other side with the Bills, I mean, this backfield is, you know, like just as gross. We saw Singletary and Cook have pretty close to like 50-50 usage. Singletary had a 49% snap share, 45% route participation. Cook slightly below that at 41% snap share, 39% route participation. Obviously, you know, it was a tough matchup against the Jets. So neither guy really did anything crazy. But, you know, in a game here against the Dolphins, I'm just going to slightly favor the guy who had a slightly bigger piece of the pie. So I have Devin Singletary as a fringe option, James Cook as a sit, but I'm not going to be sitting here and pretending like I'm super confident with either guy. Like I'm guessing they're going to be decently close together when I do my running back rankings, but I would slightly favor Devin Singletary this week. That leads us into the Falcons taking on the Saints. And the Falcons coming off the bye week are going to be making a quarterback change. And over the last few weeks, you know, in the uh, weeks that they have had games, it's been a pretty gross split between Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. They've pretty much been splitting the carries 50-50. I just give the slight edge here to Patterson because he does have slightly more receiving involvement. I do think if after the bye week, you know, this uh, backfield was going to skew towards one player, I think it would skew in favor of Cordero Patterson, but I'm not super confident. That's why he's a fringe option sitting at Tyler Algier. And then for the Saints, we have Alvin Kamara, who has really, really struggled over the last, what, like five, six weeks. He had one monster breakout game, and then since then, it has been really, really rough. I don't know if we can continue to consider him a top 12 running back, but I still think he has to be started at probably around a high-end running back two. The workload hasn't been terrible over that stretch. He really just hasn't been able to get into the end zone hasn't really had any big games. The workload, like I said, is still decent. So I think we have to continue to start him. 
but you're definitely not getting the production you were expecting out of Kamara. Like I remember the uh, risk with drafting Kamara, he was going in like the second round. The risk came in with the potential suspension he had from like his legal issue. But the uh, upside was like, all right, if he doesn't get suspended, he's going to be like a top five running back or close to that. And I mean, he hasn't gotten suspended and that upside has just not been there. So definitely unfortunate so far this season for Kamara. In the Steelers-Panthers game, I have Najee as a start. He's more of like a back-end running back to week-to-week. Doesn't have a crazy high ceiling, but his weekly workload is fairly solid. Jalen Warren obviously behind him as a sit. Then for the Panthers here, they kind of operated with a three-man committee, but it wasn't like a uh, you know 33% split. It was kind of like a tiered three-man committee where we had three guys involved, but Foreman was the number one. Hubbard was the number two, and then Blackshear was the number three. Foreman had a 47% snap share. Hubbard was at 32%, and then Blackshear was at 19%. Foreman led these guys with 21 carries. Hubbard was, I guess, semi, you know, behind him with 14. Foreman dominated the early downs and took five of the eight goal line snaps. So I do like that goal line role for him. If he can maintain that, I think he will continue to be a decent start. And then we had Hubbard take basically all of the short yardage and all of the third downs. So I do think Deonta Foreman is the guy we want to play in this backfield. I don't think every game is going to be one where they can have like 35 carries at the running back position, or maybe it was almost like 40 carries at the running back position. But this is probably going to be a gross game against the Steelers where they're going to be able to kind of execute that grinded out game script that they want to. Now moving over to the uh, Eagles taking on the Bears, and I'm just going to be rolling with both of these running backs as solid starts. I think they're both really strong running back twos. Miles Sanders coming off of a big day. And then David Montgomery with Khalil Herbert out has just been operating as the clear-cut workhorse. You know, even with Justin Fields potentially vulturing touchdowns, he is still someone you have to fire up very, very confidently. Then we have the Chiefs taking on the Texans. I haven't checked out the uh, spread for this game, but I imagine it has to be, uh, you know, pretty crazy, maybe even like approaching a 20-point spread in this matchup. But I think this is a great spot for Isaiah Pacheco. I know we have Jarek McKinnon coming off of that monster game, and I do think he's a decent fringe option this week. But this just seems lined up for Pacheco to just dominate on the ground and just be grinding out this uh, kind of scoreboard like third fourth quarter. Obviously, the Texans are the uh, worst team against the run in terms of fantasy points they allow. So a great matchup. We know the Chiefs are going to be ahead. So the game script is going to be favoring Pacheco. So I like him as a uh, top like 24 running back this week. And I think McKinnon is an RB3. You know, some people may want to crazy overreact after that huge receiving day. It was good to see he's had consistent involvement week after week, but I'm not going to, you know, act like he's going to go out there and catch two touchdowns and have 100 receiving yards every single game. The role is nice, but he's going to be an RB3 for me moving forward. And then for the Texans, we have Damian Pierce, who I believe suffered an ankle injury later on in that game. Damian Pierce's production has definitely fallen off. I don't know if he's going to be ready to suit up in this game. If he's not, I'm not going to be messing around with uh, Dare Ongumbawale. I always butcher it. And then like Rex Burkhead, if Damian Pierce isn't playing in this game, just going to be fading this backfield. If he does play, I think he's a fringe option. The game script isn't going to be great. We saw Dare start to kind of eat into the receiving work. Um, And then he also may be a little banged up heading into this one. So a fringe option if Pierce does play. If not, 
you know, just get me away from that backfield. For the Cowboys, I think we continue to fire up Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott as very strong starts. These guys just continue to produce week after week. And then for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne is in this weird spot where he really hasn't lost out on his, you know, like workload. He's still getting a solid number of carries. He is still very, very involved. And the production has just not been there. This isn't a spot where I'm panicking. We just got to continue to follow the volume. This offense is trending up. So I think we definitely start Travis Etienne. But I mean, there was a point in the season where he was like a few weeks into uh, James Robinson being gone. He was looking like he could be a top five guy rest of season. It definitely doesn't look like we're there anymore, but I still think he's a very solid week to week start. That leads us into the Lions taking on the Jets. And the Lions, you know, we thought we saw some hope with DeAndre Swift, had a big week 13, and then the Lions just go right back to a three-man committee. Jamal Williams saw 26 snaps, DeAndre Swift saw 25, and then Justin Jackson very much in the mix with 20 snaps. Williams, per usual, led the team with 16 carries, and then basically zero receiving involvement. Swift had that like balanced workload, seven carries, four targets, and then Justin Jackson had four carries and a target, but he was the guy who scored the touchdown, which is pretty brutal because, you know, no one's starting Justin Jackson, but people are probably relying on DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I think this is a really, really bad look for Swift because now when we look back at last week, like he looked good in that blowout game against the Jaguars, but now that we, you know, see them in a game where it's pretty competitive against the Vikings and they go back to this committee, it almost seemed like they were given Swift like the garbage time work. And the reason why we had originally thought that Swift was limited was he was limited by injury. He wasn't 100%. But then they give him this big workload in a blowout game. And then in a competitive game, they go back to this three-man committee. So this is bad for Swift. It's bad for him, you know, this season. It's bad for him long-term in Dynasty. Like if any of you guys are playing Dynasty, how are you feeling about DeAndre Swift long-term? Because pretty sure this coaching regime is going to be staying here. They're underachieving. And it is clear that DeAndre Swift is not in the favor of this coaching staff. But for this week, just going to be sitting these guys in a tough matchup against the Jets. I don't think we can rely on Swift. I don't like relying on Jamal Williams because he can carry the ball 15 times. He can score a touchdown and there's still a chance he's just giving you like 10 fantasy points while getting into the end zone. If he's not getting that touchdown, it's really tough for him to produce. And then Justin Jackson, like currently the running back three, just not super interested. For the uh, Jets here, I have Zonovan Knight as a fringe option, Michael Carter as a sit. So Zonovan Knight has come in and really taken over the majority of the uh, early down work in this offense. And then we have Michael Carter, who's kind of pushed Ty Johnson away and is now dominating the third downs and the two-minute drill work. So we saw Zonovan Knight has 17 carries, two Carters five. He looked solid with those carries. He was efficient. He got the touchdown, and then Carter uh, out-targeted Knight 5-2. to two. I think this is kind of the split we're going to continue to see. The Lions have actually gotten a lot tougher against the run. Early on, they were kind of viewed as a great matchup. Not really anymore, but I still think, you know, with the workload we've seen from Zonovan Knight and him kind of, you know, continuing to push Carter away from those early down work and the carries, I think we can continue to fire him up as an RB3, potentially pushing RB24, like top 24 territory, but I'll see when I do my rankings. Then we have the Cardinals taking on the Broncos. We got to continue to fire up James Conner as a very strong play. He just dominates the usage in that backfield. Even with Kyler Murray out, they're going to continue to feed James Conner. And then for the Broncos here, it really looks like uh, Latavius Murray 
has kind of lost his dominant usage. Despite being on a bad offense over the last few weeks, Latavius Murray was still decently startable with Melvin Gordon gone just because he was dominating the opportunities and the usage. This week, he fell to a 53% snap share, had eight of the 14 running back carries, five of the nine targets. So I definitely think he is no longer playable here. I wouldn't expect Russell Wilson to play this week. He looked, you know, pretty banged up with that uh, hit. I'm guessing, you know, he has suffered a concussion. So with an offense that's probably going to be even worse than we've seen, you know, all season long, just got to be fading this entire uh, running back room here. Then we have the Patriots taking on the Raiders. And this Patriots backfield is a mess. So we have Ramondre uh, Stevenson leave the Monday night game with injury. The time I'm recording this, we haven't really gotten like an official, I guess, like timetable on that injury. So I'm going to say if Ramondre's back, you fire him up as a start. Then we have Damian Harris, who could potentially return. But then with Harris out on Monday night, we saw Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris split this backfield. So right now, it's just totally up in the air. I feel like it's too early for me to start, you know, trying to throw out all these different scenarios. So this is just a situation we're going to have to continue to monitor throughout the week. I'll probably have a different take when I do my running back rankings, and then I'll probably have a different take later on in the week when I go through the injuries. For the other side, it's a lot simpler with the Raiders. You fire up Josh Jacobs as a high-end running back one every single week. And then probably the uh, best running back matchup of the week, Titans taking on the Chargers. Derrick Henry start, Austin Eckler start. Let's not get crazy here. Pretty easy with that one. Then we have the Bengals taking on the Buccaneers. And for the Bengals, we actually saw a decent split going down between Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine. This is kind of something that I was expecting with Mixon coming back. Samaje had looked really strong, um, you know, with Joe Mixon out. But it did seem like Joe Mixon is retaining that RB1 status. I don't think Samaje cut into the workload enough where we can consider him a fringe option. Mixon, you know, did kind of lose out on some third down opportunities to Samaje Pirine, which does limit his ceiling, but he still had pretty solid volume on the ground. Even though it's a tough matchup here against the Buccaneers with the touchdown upside he has, I do think he is still a solid start. Probably not a top 12 guy, but somewhere in that RB2 range. And then on the other side with the Buccaneers, this offense is very broken. I'll probably get more into it in the uh, wide receiver video. The offense is bad. I don't think, you know, there's any kind of, I guess, like saving grace. Like early on in the season, people seem to be very optimistic. And I felt like I was probably a little more pessimistic just because I do follow the team pretty closely. You know, I uh, didn't grow up a Bucks fan, but I'm living down here in Tampa. So, you know, I kind of have, I guess, a little more insight into the team and the coaching is just abysmal. It's been brutal. Obviously, the offensive line has a ton of injuries. These guys still somehow manage to give you decent fantasy days just based on like garbage time receiving work. So I have them both as fringe plays. The Bengals defense isn't quite as tough as the 49ers, so they'll probably be like a little bit more effective. But I think both of these guys are probably mid to back end RB3s weekly, not guys you really want to be putting a ton of trust in in your lineup. Hopefully they're like your running back three or like a flex option in like a multiple flex, you know, uh, kind of lineup setup. Now, moving over to the Giants-Commanders game, I believe this is Sunday night football. For the Giants, we have Saquon Barkley coming off of a down game. He's definitely been trending down like over the last, I guess, kind of stretch of the season here. He did come in with a neck injury. I still think we have to fire him up as a start, but, you know, we're probably not expecting the uh, top five production that we were, you know, just 
you know, five, six weeks ago. And then for the Commanders, another one of these backfields that's kind of a mystery. We've seen B-Rob and Gibson in a pretty solid split throughout the season. There have been certain games where Brian Robinson takes a huge workload. Then there have been other games where Gibson has really cut into it. They're splitting the carries. Gibson's getting the third down work. And then the uh, last time we saw this team play, we saw B-Rob have a really strong performance. So, you know, I feel like, you know, your guess is as good as mine as to how this backfield plays out. Right now, I'm just going to list them as both fringe options uh, for the Sunday night game. And then Monday night football, Rams taking on the Packers. I was actually pretty close to listing Cam Akers as a fringe option, but I kind of pulled out of that decision like last second. Overall, this Rams backfield has been a disaster all season long. So, you know, even though I did want to go with the fringe option, he's had solid usage in back-to-back weeks. He dominated the early downs on Thursday night. They even went back to him after he had a costly fumble. And it is a good matchup against the Packers, who have allowed the six most points per game to running backs. So, you know, after I list all that out, you may be wondering why I'm not listing him as a fringe option. It's because I just think there's no stability here. If they went out and they gave Malcolm Brown the majority of the touches, I wouldn't be shocked. The same thing could happen to Kyron Williams. I also would not be shocked. I also think Akers, just in general, looking at his role, he is a low ceiling, low floor play. He can carry the ball 15 times for 40 yards, not give you anything through the air, and you have a solid workload, and then he's giving you four fantasy points. I just don't really want to be messing around with that. Hopefully, if you're in the playoffs, you do have a better option. If you're super desperate, like he's not the worst play, I would just rather go in a different direction. And then for the Packers, obviously we have Aaron Jones as a start. And then I have A.J. Dillon as like a back-end fringe option. He's actually delivered back-to-back solid performances. I'd say this Packers offense is probably looking up uh, with the emergence of Christian Watson. I don't think the Rams defense is as formidable as it was like early on in the season. So A.J. Dillon for me is going to be a low-end fringe option. I'll kind of figure out exactly where he falls in when I do do my running back rankings. But that is going to wrap it up for every single week 15 matchup. Uh, If you guys did enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. I'm also going to be posting all my other start sits today. So go check those out. Thank you guys again for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.